It's another beautiful Sunday afternoon. This is Robin Minds. Welcome. My name is Ebuka Obiuchi. And thanks a lot for joining us. Yes, we're in a different setup because we're celebrating this month. It's International Women's Month. And as you can see, I'm on the passenger seat today <laughs> because I'm here to... Would I call it the handover? I guess we'll call it the handover. <laughs> How are you uh, doing, Bola? I'm doing great, Ebuka. It's always so good to see you and to, you know, be able to have a conversation with you. I'm really excited for this month. Yeah. Um, the theme for International Women's Day is Choose to Challenge. And, you know, as the years have gone by, we've seen International Women's Day really pick up speed and be on the front lines in terms of making sure that we're asking ourselves how are women, how are, how are our causes being advanced? Yeah. So I'm excited. I, I like that you say it's has picked up speed because people always say, oh, I thought it was Women's Day. When did it become a Women's Month? Right. So in your opinion, why is that important to have stretched it out? Because I even see people say this is Women's History Month. Yeah. After Black History Month, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Why is that important? I think for so many different reasons, you know. Ibuka, you, you've always been one person that's advocated for equity when it comes to gender issues. And, you know, a lot of people are still not like that. A lot of people are still not understanding why we need a day. Um, as a woman, a young woman... In Nigeria, I know the challenges that I still go through and the issues of, you know, gender inequality that I face, but my issues are not comparable to the average person who lives on the continent. And the month is to make sure that we highlight every single day one woman who's done an amazing achievement and also what are the ways in which we can really bridge the gap as yeah. well. So you're going to be hosting and interviewing a yes. couple of amazing women. Um, what are you looking forward to getting out of all of this? Well, first of all, I'm, <laughs> the, the lineup is insane. And I have to say, the lineup is spectacular. Man, Ivica, my guests today are spectacular, remarkable, you know, um, formidable women. First off, I'm having Aisha Yusufu and then Agatha Amata. I'm looking forward to finding out how these remarkable women really did what they did when it was not possible to do that. You know, now we're understanding that women can do anything and be anything. And the cause, you know, the emergence of internet has really helped us hear from women from all over the world. But how did they do that? That's what the interviews are going to be about, you know. When no one was going out to, be, you know, be a driver, when no one was, you know, doing activism, how did you do that? Um, so the conversations are going to be brilliant. Looking forward to it. I'm a little jealous. Okay. I'm just going to be in the corner. <laughs> Tapping into the knowledge. No, I mean, you know, um, I'm really <laughs> excited. I love, I'm a huge fan of Rubbing Mind, so this is really exciting and it's such an honor. And uh, thank you for having me, Abuka. Please have fun. <laughs> I will. Agatha's role on television for 21 years was to tell important stories, to be a medium to question norms, and she did. Her Inside Out with Agatha remains the longest running TV show in Nigeria. It was on air for 21 years on 36 TV stations. Agatha is a media pioneer who hasn't just gotten to the top spot in media, but she's creating spaces for others in the media. 
She's the MD and CEO of Rave TV and Trend FM Delta. Her work now is more managerial, but how did this media mogul do it? On Rubbing Minds, we speak with the media mogul, Agatha Amata, on the stories, the hardships, the lessons, and the journey to the top in Nigerian media. My name is Balanle Olukani, and on this International Women's Month special, Lipton is raising a mug to Agatha Amata. It's such an honor and such a pleasure to have you on. I, I can't explain because, you know, I, I do what you do. Um, and I, you know, host and I interview and I grew up watching you on television. And I remember how much Inside Out had an impact on me as a young woman and seeing you, you know, ask the hard questions. Um, tell us a little bit about your journey and how you ventured into media. Um, okay, I think I've told this story like a zillion times, but it's always new. It's good too. I, I just knew, first of all, I, I studied botany. Yeah. And so I'm looking at all these plants here and I can't identify any. <laughs> but I went to school. Right. I always had this flair for talking. Um, and I've always been a very curious person. And even when I, even when I had my YEC, I had an A1 in all the arts and B's and C's in the sciences. <laughs> I identified. Yeah, so, so I mean, I had an A1 English literature, A1 English language, and, right. and then an A in biology, but a B in the sciences. And my mom says, you need to do science. Right. Um, but I think arts and broadcasting came easy to me because right. I, I just knew I had the flair for it. And when I got married, and I was married to somebody who was in the media, right. that sort of became rekindled. Mm -hmm. And even though they were doing movies, I know I can't act to save my life. Right. So I, 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 I just often wondered, why don't we have talk shows? Because I used to love all the talk shows. Then I could sit down when I travel and do nothing but watch talk shows from Sally Jesse Raphael to Oprah. Right. to There were so many of them then. And I really loved them. But I, I just wondered why we couldn't get that right in Nigeria. So I remember talking to Fred then and saying to him, why can't we have a talk show here? And he was like, there's no reason. I said, I'd like to do one. I, I would like to talk. Right. And there was even no hall. I, I remember we started in Unilag um, in the Institute of Advanced Legal Studies. It was a classroom with windows and everything. There was no studio and... Um, we had to cover the board with a set, the, 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 their blackboard, and the seats had, chair, had tables over them. It was just really, it was an experience. Yeah. I mean, I had to change on the balcony of the building and have my friends hold up a wrapper. Yeah, yeah and I would do four episodes, right. and then I had to do my change of clothes out there on yeah. the balcony. Um, we did that for about 10 years. In, you're a media pioneer, you know, like you said, when you started, there was no talk show. Um, and that whole structure of someone bringing people together and talking about very difficult stories, inspiring stories, that was something that we hadn't seen. Now, what role did gender play in that process for you? One of the things I've, I've tried never to do is to look at gender when I want to do anything. Incidentally, Inside Out showed me that we had a lot of problems that were gender related. Right. Um, before that, there were a lot of things I took for granted coming from the background I came from where I was taught that no shouldn't even be anything to put you down, just keep going. Mm. 
no means try the next person or convince this person. That's what, in my head, there's no negativity. Like, I can do anything I want to do. Right. I've always believed that. And so when I started the program, I didn't start it thinking, oh, it will be difficult for me because I'm a woman. Mm -hmm. I thought this would not be easy because Nigerians don't like to hear the truth or even tell the truth and be honest about themselves, about their vulnerability, yeah. all of those yeah. things. You are judged when you come out to talk about anything yes. that is perceived as being wrong. Mm -hmm. Oh, if your husband beats you, domestic violence, what did you do? It's not, oh, how could he have done that? It's, why did he beat you? What did you right. do wrong? You know, so to, to start to challenge the status quo then was a bit difficult. And for me, it wasn't because it wasn't a, a gender issue. It was just a Nigerian. That's the way I chose to see it. Okay. It was a Nigerian issue. In your head, you grew up not really thinking about gender. And it's interesting because I, I know that a lot of women who've achieved a lot and have broken societal norms, that tends to be a common theme. But as you're doing the show, you realize that the average person is dealing with a lot of issues that are based on gender. Um, in what ways do you feel like that has changed compared to when you first started the show 21 years ago and now, you know, society has evolved in some ways? Many ways. <laughs> I mean, when I go on social media, I'm like, oh my God, nothing is sacred anymore. Really? Yeah. Okay, so if you lived in an era where there was no Twitter and Instagram, right. in fact, there was no phone. There was intercellular as the first phone, I think. And Land then before line. that, there was the landline. No, I mean for the mobile. Okay, right. So when you, I'm sure a lot of you cannot even comprehend Sorry, I think that. it's called NITO. Yes, NITO. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, you think I think it's called NITO. That's why I had to retire. We're not in the same generation. But I mean, when you've grown up in that kind of era where it is a taboo to say certain things, right. where you cannot come out and publicly criticize or um, even complain about anything, and you look now and you see the amount of stuff that is on. Not, I mean, you really can't even hide anything anymore. Right. And, and I think it's amazing. My, my problem with it is I don't think that this generation has channeled the power. NSARS was the first. I remember having a conversation with my son and he was being really frustrated and telling me how nothing in this country has changed, that he watched one episode of my program from 20 years ago, and the same things, we're still talking about the same things, and I said, everything is even worse now. Right. And he was like, so why should I blame the youth for all the things that I say mm -hmm. they're doing wrong, according to him? Why don't, why, why? If nothing has changed and they're not being given an opportunity and the person who was ruling 30 years ago is still the person who's there now, right. then why should I blame them? And my answer to him was, if you would use the energy that you use to create trends, because what you have is the massive advocacy tool right. that is not being channeled properly. Mm -hmm. I said to him, I said, the day the Nigerian youth realizes their power, government is in trouble. I mean, how did Obama win? It was, it was social media. It was social media. It was yeah, the man on the street. Yes, yes. You know? Because he's not a legacy politician. No, he's no, not. he wasn't. Yeah. So 
if we realize that that is the tool we have and start to use it properly, I think we'll get the change we're looking for from this generation. I don't know. I, I, you know, I agree with you. And I think that what you're saying is very apt because it's true. Sometimes, you know, I know I'd rather watch, you know, 30 second reel or TikTok of someone dancing. Exactly. Um, but it's also because of there's so much. We live in a society that is constantly challenging us in the worst possible ways. And I think a lot of people use social media as an escapism tool. You know, um, and it's interesting because I know in so many ways you had versatility on your show. So there were some shows that were more lighthearted and there were some shows that were, you know, more serious and hit, you know, straight to the matter. What, what encouraged you to evolve from being a talk show host to actually host, host, um, having a media house? You know, when you think about Rave TV and what was that transition like for you? Okay, so... Um it's okay. Let me, let me first of all take you from your first comment. It's okay to, to ease tension, to watch TikTok. But if you spend 16 hours on the internet and you use 15.5 hours to have fun, you can't expect any change. Right. That's the truth. Whatever you spend your time doing is what you become. We have very intelligent people in this country, yet it is not reflective of our society. Right. There's a problem, and it needs to be addressed. Mm. And I, I keep saying this, the people in power are not in a hurry to change anything because it works for them for things to be dysfunctional. So if young people keep using the excuse that because things are not working, all they want to do is laugh. Mm. Uh -huh. Oh my God, very soon there'll be nothing to laugh about. Right. And we're getting there. There is a need to wake up and smell the roses. Yeah. There really is. Now, talking about um, Inside Out and the Transition, I, I, I got to a stage, I mean, after 20 years plus of treating issues that didn't seem to ever want to go away, just seemed to get bigger. Um, I, I thought, oof, this, this, I need to give the young people a platform where they can communicate. I believe in Nigeria. I believe in the Nigerian youth. I also believe that there's a need to give people opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've met some really incredible people on my journey. Um, when Inside Out started, I worked with a lot of young people who today are doing great things. Mm. And it has been my privilege to have had that kind of interaction with a lot of them. So when I wanted to start, um, when I thought, okay, Inside Out, I had sort of like outgrown it, for want of a better word. When you're talking about the same thing over yeah. and over and over again, it becomes, years is, yeah, it is becomes boring. <laughs> and then... When you get to a stage where you're no longer even connecting and you're sermonizing, you're, you sound like a mother talking to her children. It's time to get out. All right, you are watching the Rubbing Minds One Month Special, International Women's Month. And this, of course, is powered by Lipton. We'll be right back. This is a Rubbing Minds Special for International Women's Month, powered by Lipton. Now it's time to show 
And in your experience, did you feel like there was a difference? I mean, when you're thinking of Inside Out, there's so many things that you did while there that was administrative, but now you're a CEO of a media house. It's kind of different. Um, was there anywhere where your gender felt like an obstacle? And if so, how did you overcome that? Okay, so um, I would not say that I did not notice, but I would say that it has never been anything to stop me. Right. So if I go somewhere and I get a no, I say to you, you're making a mistake. Mm -hmm. um, gender is only a problem if you acknowledge that it is, like anything else in life. That's, that's the way I look at life. I do not see my gender as an issue. So while you're saying to me, you are a woman, I'm saying to you, I'm a human being. Mm. And I believe I'm the best you can get. Right. As far as I put my mind to do it, as long as I want to do this thing, you can't get anybody better than me. You know, and this leads me to my next question, which would be, what do you think about the 50-50 rule where some people are saying you need to make sure that if you have a team, it's 50% men, 50% women, you know, a form of affirmative action. You know, what are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are if the woman wants the job, go for it. Do, I'm not going to go come to your house to come and pull you out of your house because you're female. If, so I, I have, for instance, in my office, I had this ladies that were really hardworking, but they came as cleaners. They were very young girls. Mm. And I called them up one day and I said, cleaning is not a job. If I want to fire people, yeah, the first two that would go. Like, what's, what, why are you a cleaner? How old are you? What, what are you cleaning for? And then she says, oh, Ma, one of them says, Ma, I really, I didn't have anything to, to do. I couldn't go to school and everything. And I said to her, I said, this is an opportunity. What would you like to do? And she says, I would like to use, learn to use the camera. And I told her, I am not going to tell the cameramen to teach you. Go there and talk to them. Do anything they ask you to do and learn. She became one of the best camera hands we had. And she wore her camera jacket, what they call the crew jacket, like a badge. Like we get to an event, she just struts up to the front. Like she's the one doing the interviews. And I said to her, every time I see her at an event, I'm, I always feel so proud. And I said to her, you're yeah, just posing. She said, Ma, what can I do? And she was really good. She's very creative with her shots. And today we have a few of them. Do you feel like women are better leaders? They are. Do I feel like? That's a statement of fact. Women are better leaders, but a lot of them don't even know it. So, you know, you have a, you, you have a gem in the role that hasn't even discovered herself. Um, and I say to, I've had, I've had young ladies come to me. There's always this entitlement that because I am female, mm -hmm. I need special treatment. Okay. That I see in a lot of young women. Okay. And they need to lose it. Even when I'm talking to people, women, for instance, single mothers, I have a foundation. The first thing I hear is, I'm a single mother. And I say, so what? Is that a badge? I have, I'm a single mother. And I say, did I give you, did I get you pregnant? Did I give you your children? Mm. That's your situation. You have two hands, you have two legs, you have two eyes, you're not blind. You have no excuse. So can we get past that? Then you tell me what you can do. Because you can't come to me and the first thing you tell me is your problem. Right. Before you tell me what you're offering me. Right. So you're, what you're saying to me is, because I'm a single mother with two children, hire me. I'm not running an NGO. Mm -hmm. So I think women also need to start to look at themselves beyond their gender. Okay. And okay. also beyond their situation. And try to find out what it is they have 
that they can offer. That is very important. Yeah. They, and a lot of the time we let young girls, young women get away with doing that. Mm. So somebody comes to you, she needs help. She's not going to be asking you for telling you what she can offer you. She's going to start to tell you her story. story. I don't care about your story. I have mine. Do you want to hear mine? If I tell you mine and it's bigger than yours, will you help me? Right. Before we wrap up, you know, the theme for this month is, for International Women's Month, is choose to challenge. You know, what are you choosing to challenge? So I choose to challenge women to rise up, mm -hmm. to see themselves as partners, as equals, not looking for any special recognition or, um, what's the word now? Assistance? Yes, oh, they, should, they should think more of what they're bringing to the table. Yes, their because gender doesn't make them handicapped. Yes, it doesn't. They should stop. That's the word. Your gender is not a handicap. It's actually an asset. It is an asset because women are better leaders. They're better multitaskers. Yeah. They're better many, 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 many things. Emotional intelligence Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so they should start to bring that to the fore rather than the problem and the entitlement mentality and all of those things. Thank you again, Ma. Thank you so much for joining us. All right, you are watching the Rubbing Minds One Month Special, International Women's Month. And this, of course, is powered by Lipton. We'll be right back. This is a Rubbing Minds Special for International Women's Month, powered by Lipton. Don't just stand there teasing me.